Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Ooh, well. I mean, you add stuff to it, always. So, <laughs> we'll be fine. That's true. We don't have our modifiers and everything. First of all, happy candle night. Right? I was going to say, we're a little late, but it's because we all had wild candle nights on our own. Hey, it's still candle nights. Candle nights is whenever you need it to be. It is still That's candle nights. That's it. That is the spirit oh, of candle great. nights. So happy candle <laughs> nights to you, my girls, and to our sweet listeners. Happy candle nights. So we're back with our Trace Horny Boys. Double blessed. We got to hang out with them in the episode before this. We get to see them again. And it's a special Candle Nights episode. Double special Candle Nights episode because someone was there. Yes. I feel like this is our, we always need to have someone. Somebody always has to be at, at the, the live, live show. show. Yes. Our field correspondent mm-hmm. at the live show. Yes. I think that that's a great exactly. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the odds were good because I was at uh, three of the four Adventures on Live shows this, in 2017, which is, uh, it sounds kind of creepy. It was not deliberate <laughs> to sort of happen. Um, and I feel fortune. very fortunate to have. I, I was the only person that they, they haven't released the, uh, the, the the Adventure Zone Zone from PodCon yet, but I, I know when they did mention Nashville, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the Seattle audience who went, woo, oh. very uncertainly, and then realized, <laughs> oh no, it's just me. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> what am I doing in Seattle? Um, <laughs> so, Anne, what can you tell us about um, what was what was special about this show? Oh, this was a this was a quest to get to this show for everybody. I think yeah. I, I don't know how it was for the guys getting to the venue. I assume that they were there early enough that it wasn't an issue. But um, uh, so Seattle was having some really crazy weather, uh, like incredibly, incredibly dense fog, um, like in a Stephen King horror movie. Intense like fog that's billowed in from Silent Hill. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean I, I think part of the way there we were starting to wonder if maybe it was actually a horror movie mm, and not really fair. happening. But yeah, there had the traffic was just terrible. We tried to leave at um, four thirty for a show starting at seven, and we did not get there until seven on the dot, Damn. and it should have been a thirty minute drive. Wow. So yeah, we we had a lot of quality quality bonding time with our our lovely um, Uber driver Kent. Uh, <laughs> we did manage to convince. He agreed to uh, to listen to the adventure zone. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, Doing some good so, work uh, there. Field correspondent with, with our carpool. Yeah, we had our carpool buddy Edwin, uh, who was with us, and Steph, one of our roommates. Um, and uh, yeah, we managed to sell him on the Adventure Zone while we were stuck in completely non-moving traffic. Wow. Uh, so they the guys actually had to delay the show, which was very. So sweet I then. walked in. Yeah, I walked in, sat down, and uh, they said we're going to delay the show a half hour because of traffic. And they were so excited that everybody cheered. And I was like, of course I cheered. I mean, that was almost me. So, sure. of course, I was thinking about everybody else in these cars who couldn't who couldn't get to the venue. It was, mm-hmm. it was really, really intense. I think that speaks so much for the um, just the fandom in general. That Agreed. it's not yeah. about us. It's about everybody. Like, we it's are all what makes this so great. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't know. I love that. I love that they they even tweeted that out. Like, you know, you've got mm-hmm. a special group when you tell them you're starting late and everyone cheers. Yeah, and no one's upset. And I was like, that's so awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, we were we were all communicating on Facebook in the um, Adventure Zone McElroy fan meetup group, uh, unofficial, obviously, um, trying to find out like where people were, where the traffic was, where the accident, there were some accidents, uh, minor accidents, sure. and trying to find out who'd managed to get to the venue and who hadn't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so yeah, everybody was very supportive. That's great. So awesome. A really good group. Well, I'm glad that you got there on time, and hopefully most people... I mean, ideally, everybody would have gotten there on time, but hopefully at least most. Yeah. Yeah. I did like that they were cognizant of people maybe not getting there in time when Justin kind of like, here's mm-hmm. a situation up to now in case you're just coming in. So just yeah. their awareness is so great. So Yeah. Yes. I mean, we were frantically tweeting at them. Um, I think Steph tweeted something along the lines of, help us internet dad at Clint. Mm, oh. Of course. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so so obviously they were aware of it. But no, it was it was very sweet, um, you know, not just to be made aware, but to try to accommodate people. Uh, Certainly was was very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good good boys, they are. So I feel like when I was listening to it, it, it feels like it just starts with the poem. Mm-hmm. So was there like mm-hmm. a boy walkout intro situation? Because I feel like that's normally how they start their sure, live shows. Yeah. I've only been to the one, but it yeah, seemed like everyone was out there and then they started the recording and then, or that's at least when they started the playback of the recording. No, there was some, there was some coming out and posing. It was a little <laughs> less maybe than, than usual. Uh-huh. Um, just because uh, I think that they were aware of how late they were starting. Um, so they did, they did pretty much jump into it, but yeah, they, you know, they came out and did a turn on the catwalk in their costumes (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean so the atmosphere of the poem was was kind of like wildly appropriate because outside of the venue there was this enormous pine tree with these giant like old school christmas lights on it Uh uh-huh um and and this fog are you talking about like the big ones like the really big bulbs because those are yeah the really giant bulbs yeah um yeah so i mean the atmosphere like coming out into this fog and the, and the, the tree the christmas tree and then having them do this like kind of semi spooky poem mm-hmm. uh, about this ice keep and this 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 wailing coming from from inside was uh, it was they they Seattle really well Tacoma sorry Tacoma really delivered with the setting good assist so for me personally I was delighted when they started talking about Newfoundland just because that's what I put as soon into as they my said game it. yeah and I yeah was you like, ran that campaign ah, like... and I remember making that. That suggestion to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had a new fandom in mind, and then that made me think, like, how many weird little games are running around that start out using that same starter <laughs> kit that now have a new fandom based off, like, I just, I don't know. It's just that little connective tissue that I love that makes me feel like, oh, I'm part of this world yeah. for realsies. Yeah, I think it's really cool that they've kind of influenced other people's other people's gaming sessions that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into the episode itself, yeah? Yeah. So right at the start, they describe this, this ice field in front of them. I just... <laughs> You guys, Magnus keeps misusing his belt. And, like, in the canon, like, it's just become, like, how it works. But every time he uses the belt, I'm like, that's not how that belt works. Like, it's described immediately. It works for 15 minutes. So oh, see, and I'd totally to forgotten about that. Yeah, I think it's... That there's as, a time limit. As far as I can remember, because I've listened yeah, to the show way right, too many times, minutes. I think there's a 15-minute, like, for 15 minutes, once a day, your belt oh. will give you... 
a resistance against one of these things. So. What I like is that he always does it very slowly and sneakily. <laughs> Why? Like, uh-huh. to be discreet about it. Well, because I think as he was hoping that Griffin had forgotten about it, which in fact he had. Oh, Griffin's ah. forgotten completely about it, which is why <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to make a big deal of it because clearly the god of this world, Griffin McElroy, has been like, also <laughs> forgot that that's not how it works. But every time he does it, I'm like, that's not how that belt works. So I just wanted it said here on our show where we like, <laughs> sometimes we will have some facts for people. And that's one of the facts. That's not how that belt works. Just pulling, right. pulling out the, the magical belt manual. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I'm Leon now. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I am the artificer now. <laughs> As artificer, there is another thing. And this is more of a like, do you think, do you guys think, that Juice genuinely believes he has spell shaping. <laughs> like every time he I says don't it. know. Because <laughs> it but is he so funny. It a lot. All the time. And it's not been true for years now. For uh-huh. years. Uh, he has not had I'm spell shaping. I am starting to hope that he thinks that eventually Griffin, like Griffin is either going forget. to forget or just give up and let him say that he Which has kills it. me. I'm not, never I'm not gonna sure forget. He, he knows exactly forgotten. what school of magic it came from. Like it's not even No, you left that behind. You're like, no, that's evocation. You're not evocation yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. You're transcendentalism. Just kidding. I can't remember the word. <laughs> Transmutation. There we go. <laughs> that is a whole other set of things. <laughs> Tacos over there starting a cult now. Well, I would not put that past him. I believe, I would imagine part of his school is like that. The wacky wizards. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think he's maybe just trying to wear Griffin down. Oh, probably. So my note for this next part, I've just written, oh... My God, because that was the Santa Claus moment. <laughs> I told this to Brittany before Anne was on the call. I had to pause the show and text our oldest sister because Brittany and I were spending our candle nights with our mom and our oldest sister and our younger brother. And all four of us adult people decided to watch the Santa Claus because we love that movie but like we also like to just tear that movie apart so it was just it was very funny to have gone from spending our holiday (laughs) putting that movie on more than once and shouting at the tv to then going to this live show and seeing it play out in this fantasy world as well. Yeah, so, I, I have not seen that movie since it came out in theater. Oh, I wow. thought it kind of creeped. It kind of creeped me out, to be honest. Oh, I think it's I think super at the time, creepy. I, it was kinda... I want to write a fucking thesis <laughs> about this movie now. Like it's, it's a horrifying concept. Insane. So... We sat around theorizing on the Santa Claus as we watched it and screamed at the small child in the movie and things like that for sure. So my notes entail like I super wish the Santa Claus had gone with the impaling route. I think that would have been more thorough and it would have made like a lot more sense as to why he passed. Um, But also that got me into a research spiral where I found out the original script had Scott Calvin shooting Santa. What? Whoa. Yeah. So like a, a breaking and entering situation? Pretty much. So instead of him coming out and shouting, hey, and scaring Santa to falling off a roof, with how, how did that never happen before? Um, he came out and yeah. shot him. So Damn. we could have had that. But yeah, the um, I think it was not John Ratzenberger. 
some rats and something had said like no like this is a christmas family like, movie we can't be like shooting santa jeffrey like listen is... that's it that's it that's the one john ratzenberger yeah, but, jeffrey katzenberg that... Almost the same. Yeah, those are those are different people, but sim- similar jobs, sort of, kind of, not really. No, not at all. <laughs> Work for the same company, but no. There you go. <laughs> I, that was that was a good that was a good call. I think. Um, yeah. Not going yeah. down. Santa. Solid, I mean, they were like, solid listen, decision Santa's there. definitely gonna die. Just not quite as violent. <laughs> like not diehard style. Like, I can't not, yeah. even believe it. Oh my god. Like we're definitely going to kill Santa just with less malice. It'll be like an accident. So this was my this was my spiral. I couldn't stop. So we all we all figured out. I think even before they said it like, "Oh, they're doing the Santa Claus." So did you guys have a moment of wondering who was going to say yes or did you always assume that it would be Clint/Merle slash Merle who would say because he's the obvious choice. Did you did you ever think it might be somebody else? I figured it would be foisted upon him. I thought Magnus would want to be. Yeah, I th- that crossed my mind too that it might be kind of up his alley. But so I was I was kind of uh, surprised a little bit when he immediately kind of went like, "Nah, that's not my thing." I was like, "Oh, you love making people happy. I, what rustic hospitality coming out of your ass?" <laughs> I figured that would be kind of his his deal. But yes, the the obvious answer is Merle. Yeah, I mean, Taco's response made me laugh so (laughs) fucking hard and have to rewind it and listen to like three more times because it was the best response that Justin could have given. Agreed. For sure. Yeah, I laughed probably louder than I really should have (laughs) in a live studio audience effectively. (laughs) It was too good. I I really appreciate Griffin's revenge that they that they could not totally pass on this and that he did make them dressed as elves although I was I was slightly disappointed that I thought for sure that they were going to come back from the break with hats did not come back with hats and I like in hindsight it was probably because if they had jingle bells on their hats that would have been audio hell but I really wanted that to happen oh that would have been great (laughs) Like, just make people suffer if you're going to make them suffer. (laughs) Yeah, like, go all in with that suffering. Well, my thought is, Travis might have not wanted it for Magnus because of the Santa Claus. He knows. He knows that movie. Yeah. He's like, I know what this could entail. Tim Allen, no. Like, Merle can have this. (laughs) I'm going to have to get married. Right. I'm going to have to fight Jack Frost. And there's, there's a whole lot coming at him if he puts on that well, suit. Well, that was so. my thought, too. I was like, in a year from now, is Merle going to have to Exactly. I again? was like, just going to ask that. Yeah, we don't that. know the answer to this. Is this full-on Santa Claus rules? These I do. Questions. <sighs> and if not, then who is Santa? Mm-hmm. I do kind of wish they had someone. No, because then they'd have to kill Merle. We can't do that. So I don't know. Can't do that. I think Merle's just stuck with being Santa from here he's, on out. He's Santa till he dies. <laughs> and he ain't never going to die. He's a dwarf. They live for a long, long time. So, okay. So they make it into the cave. <laughs> we finally made it into the cave. Where, one, we see that there are other adventurers here also trying to figure this out. But more importantly, this is the setting for... Our first real fight, which happens to be a snowball fight, versus Frosty the Snowman and apparently his undead horde. And I think that this is particularly interesting because I didn't even realize what it was they were supposed to be doing at first. Yeah, this this was longer in person. This segment, okay, <laughs> was longer. There, I think that probably the most cuts. <laughs> How in this long show did it? <laughs> we're at this part. It took a surprisingly long time 
for them to figure <laughs> out what the deal was with uh, with the, this force shield and what kind of attacks yeah. were going to work. Which is why, I mean, you can sort of hear Griffin getting a little frustrated. Right. Um, and I think it, it's a little harder to tell when stuff is edited out um, how long it how long it took. I'm not, I'm not sure why. You know, sometimes you're, you're given a puzzle and it's really easy to solve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it's complicated. And then sometimes you hit one and it should be obvious, but it's only obvious in hindsight or if you're not the one playing. Right. Um, and I think it was that kind of deal. I could see that. As a streamer, as a person who does podcasts, yeah, sometimes when you're in the moment very obvious things are not so obvious all the time. I think I think that's the sort of thing people do a lot with puzzles. Or it's certainly a problem that I have that um, sometimes when I've given a simple puzzle, mm-hmm. I try to you overthink, overthink it. it. Yeah. And I think they were, they were super like overclocking their spells. <laughs> like, what is the biggest thing that I can use? I mean, even to Clint just literally making something up. Right. Because he could when all he had to do was pick up some snow and make a ball and he's coming up with, you know, things from World of Warcraft that aren't even a, Which, right. you know, that okay. aren't even a thing. As a Warcraft nerd, as soon as he said it, I was like, no, that's one of the spells I used to use back in Azeroth. Yeah, okay, good. They called it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... I mean, it was also comedy gold. I mean, it oh, was really, it was, it was really funny watching them um, kind of have this sort of breakdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of them have this sort of breakdown trying to figure it out. Yeah. So you mentioned Griff seemed a little frustrated with them. Were they getting yeah. exasperated at all trying to figure it out? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think exasperated with each other, and um, you know, I mean, it Just wasn't anything. It was all in. It was all in good spirits, of course. But, um, yeah. But uh, the the bit where um, Travis is saying that. One of the one of the snowmen launches a spear at Taco, mm. and um, Magnus says, "Oh, I'm a protection fighter." And and you you they didn't cut out the audio part, but um, someone had just given Travis this beautiful prop shield that he had that I think he really wanted to show off. So he pulled it out from under the table and was holding it up, and then pulled his arm like around and in front of Justin oh, and no. kind of smacked him oh, in the head no. with it. <laughs> Which is um, adorable and very sweet, and I def want to draw was, Magnus, yeah. wha- like, wanging Taco on the head with his shield, trying to help him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was especially funny because he wasn't doing it, like, as if the, you know, somewhere in the audience was the enemy. It was between Justin and Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> that Griffin is was even better. An evil snowman. He um, is. <laughs> it, was very, it was very funny in the moment, but yeah, you couldn't, I don't know that that, that came across how that this whole thing was sort of a little chaotic. Yeah. Well, now um, when I do listen to it again, I'm going to have all this extra information on my side with it. And it is, I mean, it's a great, I love, I love this as a mental image, as a, you know, if you're coming up with how is this battle going to work as a DM and that it's a Christmas episode and that it's, it's actually super creepy that there are real skeletons inside of these snowmen. Yeah. kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like it mm-hmm. freaked me up. Out, yeah. That's pretty messed up, man. Um, I don't want to think about that when I look at snowmen, like what kind of skeleton is in there, but, uh, but the idea of these big burly heroes not being able to use, you know, magic spells or whatever and having to just dual wield snowballs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I thought that was great. And I would agree with you. Um, okay. So after they defeat Frosty, here's, okay. They move on to the next room, like the, the door opens and they're able to go into the next part where they saw the... We saw the previous adventurers go. Here's a question I have. They were Aarakocra in the cave, but then they kept calling them ducks. Did they turn into ducks? I got very confused. So, I only listened to this once again. I think they were Aarakocra, but I think 
they just kept calling him dumb. I was wondering that too. As soon as you started thinking about ice, it just sort of it just sort of went in a duck direction. Penguins ducks don't belong on ice unless you're talking about the mighty ducks, which we'll circle back to. Of course, they were. So yeah, I I would not worry too much about this. Oh, I did worry about it. I think for me, it was the fact that like Merle was now Santa, and the boys were now his magical elves. Right? Like, did they also transform? Into Christmas oh. ducks? I had that thought. Is that a thing? It never happened in the in the show. It didn't point out that, like, you know, and then the, the you know, powder or whatever happens to them. And, oh, ducks. Um, but also, ducks aren't Christmas. I don't know. In any case, I Candle think it was just ducks. Bertha called them ducks to be funny. Maybe because <laughs> oh, yeah. she doesn't know any other kind it. of birds. Because rubber ducks, she would That's probably fair. have a good, you know, mm. understanding of. But then Griffin runs with it and makes them ducks. And I don't know if you guys remember the TV show, the cartoon show of the Mighty Ducks. But that was what was in my brain. That's what they looked like for me, which is horrifying. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I decided to run with that. I only know the movie. Also, for what it's worth, they're right. Cake Eater was the pretty boy. Oh, yeah. He was not a bad Not brother. Joshua Jackson, either. The other pretty boy. The boy from the other side mm-hmm. of the tracks. The rich boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rich boy was the cake eater. Anyway. But yeah, so that was my thought with the Aarakocra. And I did look up, like, could they be... Because in the book, it shows them, like, an eagle kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I looked up, like, you know, further, can they be different kind of birds? And it just says a kind of avian, like a up. kind of bird. So it was like, I would love if there were different races of Aarakocra that are like this one looks like an eagle but this one is more like a duck and this one's more like a goose I don't know so I I like that the Aarakocra are are brand new so I think that's right right aren't they they're new for five years they're They're brand new and they're not from this plane so they could like we don't even know Ah. so maybe they do know how to play hockey I love it maybe Uh, they came from the world where the Mighty Ducks cartoon was real. I've chosen. They came from it's. It's just essentially uh, Space Jam rules, but now with hockey. Yes, <laughs> which kind of almost happened in a way earlier episode of the Adventure Zone where they talk about the Monstars and the Ducks. And anyway, moving on. <laughs> I am a mate. Like they, they went down a lot of rabbit holes themselves, and I can see why mm-hmm. because it is rife with possibility. Griffin, you did this. Griffin, you open up a lot of doors, and then he gets frustrated when the, his family walks through and like has a sit down inside the room. He's just presented. Well, to them. I mean, admittedly, in the middle of a live on stage D and D game, might not have been the time to have a conversation about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh my since gosh. I think there's probably never the time to have that conversation. Agreed. And I do love that you can tell that's one of those that they've been having mm-hmm. this yes, back and forth. Yes. This has been a d- dialogue they've had. Suddenly, we were in their living room for what it's worth i am with travis yes nightmare before christmas is a christmas and halloween movie absolutely everybody knows this yes i agree agreed i did love the quick mention to uh yuri on ice that was funny yes (laughs) so and was the explosion as beautiful as it was on the podcast it was it was louder and it was louder in person one of those people was definitely me oh Um, good yeah Uh, yeah, I know it was, it was a little louder in person. People were definitely extremely delighted. So funny. Because um, I feel like I would have shouted for both. 
Like Mighty Ducks, I would have yeah, given I mean, a good I hurrah. Think... And then Yuri on Ice, also love it. I've never but... actually watched Yuri on Ice, but I know enough about it, and I know so many people who love it that I'm like, yeah, I love this. I love this reaction. This is. I think it's very important that you now watch it and and imagine the Adventure Zone characters in that universe. <laughs> oh, you know that's what's happening. The next, if I ever, if people are like, I insist, now you got to watch this this show. I'll be like, okay, but I have some parameters. <laughs> so we're having this beautiful ice skating fight with possibly ducks, and thank God Geralt shows up. <laughs> I'm so thrilled. Has he made it to? No, he wasn't at the at the um, last one, right? Uh, okay. in Nashville. No, he. They did not try to do a casino heist with a binocorn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it would have been a great on. distraction, I guess. But um... absolutely. <laughs> The audience definitely knew where Justin was going with that, too, as soon as he started asking about oh. more blades. Because you can hear everyone start to react, like, before anything happens, yeah. just sort of organically. Like, Here he comes. <laughs> I don't recall and him they... talking very much, though. I don't think he did. No. I mean, you guys have listened to it. I think it was just he there for the novelty of it. And he got turned into a yeah. reindeer, which was, of course, He was great. a reindeer. He had two glowing horns. The, the mental image of Taco dressed up like, a full-on mall elf, right. like, on top of mm-hmm. Geralt with his two glowing st- And yeah. all of them on ice skates charging at these these poor, hapless, evil people <laughs> who are not ducks. Um, it made me think of, like, as soon as Geralt showed up and we're on this icy surface and everybody, you know, they have their magical skates at this point. But before they did... It immediately made me think of um, Rainbow Bright and the oh, Star yes. when yes. Starlight steps onto the diamond planet and he's booties. like scrambling mm-hmm. and he needs a little booties <laughs> so he can walk around. That's what it made me think of. Oh, what a great movie. Is there anything else to mention about the ice skating fight? I genuinely don't remember all that much about it, except for the, when Merle does planar ally, that's not how planar ally works. Like... That was my next question was just, um, Anne, will you please describe the looks that Clint was given when he decided to cast Planar Allies? Uh, I think at that point, Griffin was a hair's breadth away from having a breakdown because that was not that long (laughs) after the Die Hard argument, um, followed almost immediately by the Mighty Ducks argument. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely... There was a lot of a lot of despair, I think, <laughs> at that point. But you know, I mean, I have to give Griffin credit that um, you know I think they were ready to just tell him that he couldn't do that and roll right past it. And Griffin found Griffin was willing to find a way. So I mean, honestly, it was less disapproving and more like you could see his gears turning. Of how do I make this mm. work for this story? Okay. Without like giving it away for free, like how do I make this something that seems justifiable? Okay. I just, the sound, like, listening to it without being able to see it, it, the moment of, like, not silence, because we can hear the crowd and everything. Yeah. (laughs) After Clint says it, and there's just, like, a lack of anything from the the boys, I was like, there must be some really great faces happening here, because (laughs) that's the impression I'm getting. I don't know. Yeah, I think they were already well into Calvin Ball by the time they got to that point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, and they were pretty far along in the episode, too. So at that point, it was like, you know, do you really want this battle to, to drag on completely? Right. Or do you do you let somebody do something out of the box? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I had about Planar Allies. Like, they keep using it wrong, but I keep loving it. So fair <laughs> enough. Brittany, how does Planar Ally actually work, then? You besiege an otherworldly entity for aid. Oh, boy. 
The being must be known to you, a god, a primordial, a demon, a prince, a demon prince, sorry, or some other being of cosmic power. So that's a number one. Like you're calling someone to send something to you. Oh, okay. So you're not just summoning some random thing. So even the Della Reese, that's not how it should work. And then you can kind of decide, like, I want it to be this thing. And then the DM can say, eh, just kidding, you get this instead. And then you have to pay them. So, like, it's a whole a whole little mini arc right there. I love so, yeah. I love that mental image of having to pay Delores. Like, right. Here's my bill. You know that girl's got appearance fees. Like again, I am not saying like this isn't how it should happen. Like I just know <laughs> no, how it should happen. Like I brought up with the belt. Like that's just not uh-huh. how it works. But it's so much fun when they just play it and have fun. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We're here to add some transparency when things like that are like, hold on. If you are also thinking it, don't worry, we got you. But it doesn't it doesn't take away from the episode. It mm-hmm. makes it better in some situations. Like fucking Gundren Rockseeker is now here. <laughs> Only for like a split second, but yeah. Only a moment. I, yeah, a tenth of a second, I think. To make everything <laughs> the black ice, essentially. Well, and then we meet Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Sweet, sweet Jimmy. With his Candle Knights t-shirt that doesn't quite fit. Oh, God. Oh, God so sweet. <laughs> and uh, he's huge, but still a kid. Like, just still a little boy. But so it was, like, Jimmy asleep? Like, why can't he just leave? I think it's just because uh, he's it so was... huge. Like, he has to live in that kind of an environment. So he's just very I alone. I think it was, he's, I think he's, he's sort of trapped emotionally, I think was the implication. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, but like he, he's literally trapped, but I think that, uh, because they, Griffin describes it when they come in that Jimmy is crying and that every time his tears Mm, hit, there's another layer of ice. So I think this, I think that this glacier is of his own was maybe like generated by him. I'm not sure like what, I mean, obviously there was something there to begin with because there are these doors and somebody put the doors in, somebody made it lock. But yeah, I mean, I think it was supposed to be. Um, more that he's emotionally trapped than, than literally trapped. I'll take that. I, I don't know how much of a metaphor this this giant uh, child is supposed to be, but yeah, I, that was... <laughs> the sweet yeah. giant Candle Knight's child. <laughs> See, and I didn't even think of that. I just figured giant has to live in a giant place, can't go hang out in normal places. He's sad because he's alone and cold. <laughs> in a cold world yeah but i i think maybe he was like became more trapped because i mean i don't know maybe there's some kind of backstory about the townspeople being scared of him or something and they're the ones who put up the the door um dear i I mean they griffin will you please (laughs) please explain (laughs) give me some more insight to sweet canaanites giant jimmy thank you love now when's jimmy getting his spinoff right (laughs) Dear Griffin, Jimmy, PS. Jimmy, and Angus. <laughs> P.S. When can we see the spinoff of Angus and Jimmy checking things out, solving <laughs> crimes, and cracking clues? Yeah, and I don't know whether um, Griffin might have been going in a slightly different direction with the whole that you have this bag. I mean, because at the beginning, when they when the um, pre-recorded message is talking about the bag he does stop to specify like you can't use it for selfish reasons i guess assuming that maybe taco was gonna <laughs> These be like ding dongs would hey. immediately be like hey <laughs> yeah early which they didn't, um apparently but but like when they got to this final scene 
and Clint decides to cast Zone of Truth to try to ask Jimmy what he wants mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out what he wants. Um, Griffin sounded kind of surprised a little bit. So I'm wondering whether he thought that they would do something different hmm. um, than they did. Because uh, it just, I don't know, something about his voice sounded like maybe he was a little bit, um, you know, on his toes, like trying to, to, to come up take with, something yeah. in a different direction. Yeah, Right. Because in my notes I have, like, did he have something already in mind for what the, yeah. what Jimmy might want? Just like how Taco was given the bag at the end of Balance and, you know, you can pull it out, but it's it's going to lock. And, like, once it becomes unlocked, you will take out what you need. Right. But, yeah. like. Justin didn't decide what that was. Griffin did. So I didn't know if that was going to be kind of the same thing that would happen here. But it wasn't. Turn of surprise. They're trying to get rid of Ango. (laughs) (laughs) Even when Clint started describing it, my mind was like, there's no way he's going to let this happen. But then I (laughs) obviously am very pleased with how it did play out. But initially I was just like, you can't just be like, we're leaving Angus here. Bye. What was Travis's idea? <laughs> yeah, it was Travis. There was a lot of whispering back uh-huh. and forth. Oh, good. Because um, you could tell, I mean, like, Clint was kind of like making shit yeah. up and going. And Travis, like, no, 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 come here, come here, come here. And then just like, oh, and then. <laughs> well, and, and vice versa, Clint was feeding some stuff to Travis as well. There was oh, a lot fantastic. of there was a lot of back and forth whispering at different points uh, in this episode. This is adorable. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I'm pretty sure Angus was uh, was Clint's idea. I'm not. It uh, was not Clint's idea. It was Travis's. I'm not sure what Clint was going to do because it looked like <laughs> he had something in mind and he was about to do it. Huh. I'm not sure. <laughs> I can't wait until our show is like super popular that we can like just be like have one of the boys on, you know, and just be like, what <laughs> right. was the actual plan here? You know, and we can just get it from the source. I'm excited right. for that. Day. I get mean, a real tell all going. Mm-hmm. It's not today. <laughs> it's certainly but... possible that there wasn't one. You know, there may not have been a plan. I mean, if I was Griffin, oh, I think I would probably. there are secrets and we're going to uncover them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have figured out a long time ago that things were probably not going to go according to plan anyway. So right. you might not want to get too married to some specific um, resolution to the story that you wanted. Sure. And it, I mean, I think it was it was a good decision, um, you know, like creatively. Yeah, and, and, it worked uh, out. Message wise to say, mm-hmm. OK, so this kid doesn't you know, he's he's crying and he's lonely and he's miserable and toys don't help. What can we give him? Yeah, that will help. I did um, like that. The brought up that you know toys are not making him happy, right? Yeah. Toys so aren't think about solve. that like before you try to. Lonely, yeah. I just like to point out that's not true for me. Buy me all the toys, <laughs> and I will get much happier. Yeah, yeah. I don't need no friends. <laughs> I just want a PlayStation Four. I just want money. Thank you. <laughs> and what do you want? <laughs> Do I have to pick? Can I have both? Oh, the greediest money of all. and toys and friends. No, 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 no. I'm like money and friends. It's oh, like, oh no, no. You can only have I one. I don't want to be sorry. lonely. I don't want to be lonely and 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 rich. But I don't really want to. I'll be, buy my like, friends. Broke either. <laughs> Maybe wait. Rich friend. Rich friend. There you go. You got it. Wish granted. We all get our wishes. <laughs> Who's getting me the PlayStation 4? That's all I want. Me. And fast internet. God bless. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, What do you want from Santa Morel? As always, feel free to get at us over on Twitter at RomancingZone. And once again, happy candle nights. Till next time, I'm your soon-to-be-rich friend, Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs) 